Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast, perched in the hot seat over yonder. She's back on her BS as she's deep into watching Netflix's The Beauty Queen of Jerusalem. It's my mom, Deb. (laughs) I'm Deb. How dare you watch my Netflix account? And I'm the guy desperately not trying to spoil the final season of Better Call Saul for everyone. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. Uh, I accidentally clicked on your Netflix account the other day, and I seriously laughed out loud to myself because under one of the headings, it said European political shows. Oh, it did? (laughs) That's the niche genre that Netflix knows for Deb. She wants subtitles from foreign countries about hyper-specific politics. So this is so... so the Beauty Queen of Jerusalem. Yeah, is amazing title. The worst show in the I world. I have no doubt. And it just the second season just came out, and I'm so bored. I agreed to watch it. There is. I mean, it is the acting is bad. The scenery is bad. Sure. They do like fake little things. I mean, there's like weird fake props that are so fake. That checks I mean, out. It, the, it is so horrendous. All I know is that the British are bad. Of course, that ends up being a. That's a mainstay That's for a mainstay all European for, exactly. videos and films and yeah. TV shows. It's like 1940s yeah. and the British are bad. You know? Yeah, it's quite funny because, you know, in 2022, looking back in history, you forget that the, the British owned the world at some point, right, right? Right, And then you realize, oh, no. And they were like really bad landlords, too. They were bad landlords. Well, because what did they believe? They believed that a certain, white was right. White was right, and a certain group of people, just simply because you were born into a bloodline, mm-hmm. that made you superior. Right, right, and everybody's got problems yeah. in their families, as we've said before. And the beauty queen of Jerusalem gets into the nuance of that political hierarchy. Yeah, I, I clicked on it. I, I was like, well, "This seems weird. What is this?" And then it was like the fourth subheading, and it was like European political shows and I was like yeah. oh this is not my this is not my Netflix. <laughs> yeah, this <is laughs> this not has mine. nothing to do with me. Uh on today's Thursday episode we'll uh we'll talk about Paul Sorvino's death as he passed away last week. I shared with you some of the most insane video I've ever seen on the uh. internet. My jaw was dropped. We'll talk about the bizarre Brazil motorcycle killings that apparently everybody just films now. We'll talk about the the quasi-outrage of Dane Cook getting engaged and what that all means for men who date younger. (laughs) But before we get to any of that, one of the things I talked about on the show was I wanted to try to maintain my health while not Mm -hmm. like overhauling everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was being healthy twice over this week. Oh. The first came in the form of I signed up and completed a yoga class, which was very nice. I oh. attended one at noon. Today? Uh, yesterday. Tell us about the yoga class, Kev. I mean, yoga, if you've never done yoga, yoga could be super hard. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an authority on yoga. I'm not. I understand that there's like a karmic element to it. Yeah. I understand that there's like uh, a cosmic element yeah. to it. It's, it, you know, I think tried and true yogis really focus on their breathing and it's yeah, a level breath is the thing yep, in yoga. it's a form of meditation but it's also intertwined with all these movements that can help stretch you know heal elongate your body but i think once it got commoditized by america it can be all of those things but it's mostly a workout right yeah. it can certainly be all of those elements if you want it to be and you can go find those particular classes but for a lot of people you show up, you do your vinyasas, you do your warrior one, your warrior two pose, you get a nice sweat going, hopefully you're a little more flexible and you go about your day. So is it a nice studio? It is. It's uh, off of California Avenue. It's on the second story mm-hmm. of one of those buildings above the Loving Cup. Oh, okay. On that corner. Down there. Yep, 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 yep. Super easy to get into. Um, there's like 10 people in the midday class, which oh, was okay. nice. Super nice instructor. Um were those people like way better than you? 
No, I think I would say it was varying degrees. There was two women who were clearly like they have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. The, the level of their flexibility simply because they were stick people yep. was incredible. Okay. I mean, like head to knees type stretching yep. thing, right? Yep. Then there was an older gentleman who who certainly knew all of the movements, yep. but is clearly a drinker. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then there was a bigger guy. He and heard he, about the older women that doing yoga, and he said, I'm going to go have cocktails. Was it a coincidence that he was directly behind them? I doubt it. Mm, maybe not. I doubt it. Then there was a couple, which was like a football player, like a big, oh. maybe out of shape football player, and his girlfriend. And he was noticeably absent for like 20 minutes. I think he had to go take a phone call. Or he was dying. <laughs> Either one. Either one. Either one. He had to exit for a minute. For 20 minutes. Oh, And so, I mean, it was nice. It was very nice. I signed up for a month just to see what my level of commitment will be. Yeah. Just to see if it actually helps. Because if I go between eight and 10 times, I think I'll have a better understanding of how my body responds to it. I'll have a better understanding if I can actually commit to it. Yeah. And I'll see if it's worth my time. Yeah. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. So Kevin. So Deborah. Namaste. Namaste. We did, we did, we did two things. Well, there's three things that we did that were fun to me. Okay. We did the ohm, ohm. and there was the, the old drinker guy. Yeah. His ohm was like Gregorian chant. Ooh, ohm. I love like that. Deep. Nice. Bass. And it was, I stopped ohming so I could hear his ohm. Oh, nice. His ohm like hit my my chakras. Listen, if nobody has ever, and I've only, um, I mean, I think I've heard some things uh, recorded, but I've had a number of experiences uh, in Seattle at St. Mark's Cathedral. Gregorian, St. Mark's Cathedral. St. Mark's Cathedral, Gregorian chants. Okay. It is an amazing experience. A cathedral that is packed with people, I'm sure, of all different beliefs, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And these guys walk in from the back, and it starts, and the lights dim. Yeah. And it is... It is if you were anywhere where that exists, yep. take opportunity because it will go right to your soul in the most beautiful way. So we ohmed. I got a great ohm from the drinker guy. Good. Then as we ended class, we all shot each other a namaste. Okay, good. Namaste. Namaste. But then the best part of yoga, and I think everybody can appreciate this, and I forget what it's called, but it's 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 a it's a great word. It's the it's the pose where you just lay down. Yeah. So what is that post called? I, I don't know. I'll look it up for you. But that so, she called it the dessert on top. And that's exactly what it so is. So that's the pose that I want to go in and do while everybody else does whatever down dog or whatever everybody else does. At the point that you start sleeping, though, Deb, that's just that's not a pose. It's just called You're a nap. just napping. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's not the corpse pose. That's a, well, that's a hilarious name of it. The laying down yoga, uh, Shavasana, Shavasana. Oh, Shavasana. That's where you're just laying down. I've got to write that down. Your hands are up. You're not concentrating on anything after the workout. So if you find yourself needing a little Shavasana during the day or later in the day Mm -hmm. or at any point, that's a yoga thing. As far as we're concerned, the Deb and Kev pod signs off on just doing a Shavasana whenever you need. So I'm going to become an expert in Shavasana. I think... You can do it. I can do it. Listen, I don't commit to a lot of athletic type things. Yeah. But this, this, this is yoga. Yeah. I can do it. It's a literal name. It's the Shavasana. I'm going to, and I'm going to act like it's more than it is. It's Shavasana. You can maybe flex your Shavasana ability in front of people who don't Mm -hmm. know yoga. I think if you walk into a crowded, crowded group of yogis and you're like, (laughs) who wants to see my elite level Shavasana? You might not get the response you're looking for. I might lose a little something. Is that what you're saying? You would have never had anything in their eyes. There was nothing to lose. Listen, I want to believe that all the yogis are nice, though we know that's not true. True. But I want to believe that there's a a handsome young yogi guy that watches this older woman walk in and say, Man, she killed that Shavasana. And that he literally walks over above me and goes, bravo, namaste, uh, ma'am, bravo. Can you wake up so I can applaud you? Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Great Shavasana. Great Shavasana. I'm looking for that guy. So uh, yoga completed, signed up for the month. So well, at the end Yay. of the month, I'll let everybody know how it went. And then I found myself, I, I honestly believe that targeted advertising on social media platforms now is just 
It's a numbers game, meaning they're going to hit you over the head repeatedly until you just give in and buy the thing that they've oh, been shoving just, in front of your face. It just happened to me. It just happened. And then, of course, because I was going to have to pay eight ninety five. Eight ninety five for shipping, which still the thing was completely a reasonable price. Yep. Oh no, I have to have free shipping. Yep. So now I have to buy three more things I don't need. Got to do it. Got to do it. So Amazon has been pushing like home products on me, which I don't know. I'm never looking at home products, but they have been pushing it on me. I think I made the mistake of swiping through a couple oh, times, yeah. and they're like, "Got him." So I ended up purchasing a vegetable chopper. <laughs> now. Let me explain this. It's it's rectangular, yeah, and it comes with like a thick kind of plastic lid. And yeah. we've all seen a version of this. There's like a square mm-hmm. metal grate yep, with, yep, that, yep. that has holes in it, and you just put food on top of it, and then you just hammer it down. Think of think of like a paper cutter, but it's thick, and you're pushing it through the the top of a serrated square, squared off like ten squares in it. Apparatus. So when I, I think I've seen those things on infotype commercials, yep. right? And so what I always think is, is it plastic? Is it going to last? Is it sturdy enough? Because vegetables are a thing. Do you know what so I mean? So I got it. I, I received it. I started to unpack it. Yep. And Deb goes, why do you, why did you buy that? Dad literally bought you one for Christmas. And I said, what? And she goes, go look in the garage, go in the garage. Christmas miracle. There's a vegetable <laughs> shopper out yep, there. Yep. So I quickly put everything back from the newly purchased Amazon vegetable chopper, take out the Christmas vegetable chopper. And yes, it's plastic. The top is plastic. Mm-hmm. The, the clear rectangular bottom is plastic. All of the uh, inserts are yep. plastic minus the stainless steel metal. Yeah, with the actual cutting piece. The actual cutting apparatus. Yeah. So it comes with like eight different stainless steel blades. You can Julienne stuff. You can, uh, you can. Uh, what's the one? The the, the potatoes where the waffle. You oh, can yeah, make you waffle can do the fries. Waffle things. Yeah. All, all I want to do is mince vegetables. That's all I want to do. Well, is tell them really what you just want it for. No, I just want to mince vegetables for my breakfast. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if this saves me time. Yeah. I don't care how cheap this product is. And and if it breaks, I'll buy another one. Totally. Because I think it's like 15 bucks. Yeah. I chopped two large sweet onions. I chopped two large bell peppers and I chopped four zucchini. And and I would say it was the mince setting, the the mince insert Mm -hmm. is what I used. People should know this too. The only thing that really limits the time on it is it's not an enormous platform no, I, I, to chop in. I, I would it's say small. it's three by three. Yeah, yeah. So when you cut your vegetables, you still have to somewhat, dice is not the word, but kind of You've got quarter them off. Quarter them off for sure. You were in the kitchen. You yeah. have seen me slice or dice. 10 pounds of onions. On top of bell peppers, on yeah. top of broccoli, on top of zucchini. That usually takes like an hour. Yeah. Would you not would you not say? Oh, if not longer. It's ridiculous. You the, always put a movie on. To the point that I elicit sometimes your help yep. to be able to do it because it's just so much work. I would say if we're doing a normal amount, a couple onions, a couple bell peppers, a couple of zucchini, that's typically forty five minutes. I think Wait, this remember people. He really cares about how they're chopped. Yes. He cares. Only if you're willing to participate and do it correctly, do I want you to participate. It's precision chopping, yeah. okay? I think it normally takes 45 minutes for me to do all that stuff, right? To clean them all off, to get them where they need to be, to dice them up. Would you say that it took 25 minutes? Oh, not that long. I don't think it took that it long. It was. I think it was more like 15. Seriously. Effortless. It, it was, was amazing. And here's the thing. We don't do free ads. On this podcast, no. every advertiser pays to be on this podcast, <laughs> and everybody knows the rule. I would buy this 10 times out of 10. Like I said, I don't care that it's chintzy and probably made in China with the belief that you only get to use it 10 times. 10 times to me, a I buck mean, a 50, 50 a time, time sold. It's worth it. Yeah, totally sure. sold. If you find yourself like meal prepping, if you find yourself chopping a lot of vegetables, if you hate that entire experience, do this. It's mindless. It's kind of fun too because you're just smashing it down. And yeah. sometimes it's effortless. Sometimes it's a little harder. Sometimes you got to do a secondary chop. It's more fun than than somewhat worrying that you're going to cut your fingers off. Because the entire time I was watching some terrible movie that Deb was watching too, Deb was keeping me informed. I was loosely following the <laughs> plot. And all I was having to do was smash 
down the top of the chopper. Yeah, no, and it cleaned up. It looked like it cleaned up really easy. It was so easy. It's not like a mandolin. That that, that no. takes some work. Equally as yeah. terrifying. You can't not watch the mandolin for fear that you're going to slice oh, your fingers off. Of course. So, But I also you, think this, this does that. So what started this night, listen, we have meal prepped, people have meal prepped, but probably at the beginning of COVID when, you know, people were buying like crazy and we were in that group, we bought uh, the restaurant quality 10 pounds, five pounds pounds of pre-diced onions, right? which is so great. They're just diced. You use them. I don't know if people slice onions. We're happy with diced onions in our house yep. for just about everything. Okay. Totally. If you were going to put sliced onions on a burger, we're going to put diced onions on a burger yep. because that's how they came. Yep. What we figured after a while is that we don't go through it fast enough that it gets a little, I mean, we would use them, but a little vinegary at the yeah, end. Yeah. You don't know how long they've been sitting in that package yeah. for my guess is for a week or two leading up to it being sold, which means you really only have another two weeks to yeah. use all of it, which yeah. five pounds of diced onions is a, a ton of diced it's onions. It's a ton. So then we started just buying onions mm-hmm. and initially- A we, 10 pound bag a of 10 onions. A 10 pound bag and we would dice them all, yep. all in one setting and it would fill two giant Ziplocs. That was great. Then we somehow got to, let's just do a few at a time for the container in the fridge. Dicing those onions every- two to two and a half weeks, it's a lot. It's <laughs> It makes me appreciate the 1940s housewife. I'm telling you, the, all the moms of America yeah. right now are loving you for saying it's a lot. It, it, it's, it's too much. Now, granted, nobody is probably at home dicing 10 pounds of onions, so not, there's not a lot of sympathy for me. But if you have a larger family, and if this is how you cook, which is like on a large scale, yeah. and, and knowing that you're going to spend an hour or two in the, in the kitchen simply prepping vegetables yeah. before you even get cooking, that's daunting. Like you, you you lose the passion for it. But here's the truth of it. I mean, now there are people where, and there are couples, young and older, who basically just eat out most of the time. Sure. This is not for you. You don't care no. about this, okay? But but if you ever want to cook on the, in, the, in the bluest of blue moons, you should still buy this thing. But this, if you eat at home with any consistency, which we eat at home most of the time. All the time. This is a lifesaver. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Are okay. You ready? okay. Uh, get on that limb. This is now the number one product that we are going to give away as Christmas gifts this year. Wow. Okay. So the people that we love, mm-hmm. you know who you are. Or you don't. The people that we care about. If you about, think you do, we probably don't too. It, the people that we care about, you know who you are. If you stay on the nice list and don't get on the naughty list, mm-hmm. and unless some other gift beats this gift out... Before December, this is the gift you're going to get. It's great. I know it feels cumbersome. It's the rectangular bottom. Yep. It's the insertable gray top. Put in the mincer, chop up the onion, chop up the red, the bell pepper, chop up whatever, just so it's just big enough to fit on top of it. You're good to go. You did a good little soapy rinse and you yep. let it dry and then so, boom, boom, right back in the box. So easy. Yeah. No, I mean, wasn't it great? You already had it. I mean, it was like, what a treat. I saved $15. I know. I mean, you were And excited. we got it for, uh, we got it probably before inflation happened too. So that's nice. There so it was probably go. only $12. There you go. Okay. If you know us, <laughs> plan on getting a vegetable chopper. And listen, here, we do care about the price of mayo and we do care about the price of the vegetable By the way, chopper. it slices mayo beautifully. <laughs> Goes right through the slat. Right you don't even have to mayo. slam it down. At the end, it'll still work on mayo whenever the end is. It yeah. absolutely will. I, I, I'm curious about the other functions because there's one where it's just square. So it comes like four pieces would fall through. Oh, that's pretty I wonder chunky. if that's like for a potato. Or maybe like a stew, like things that would go in a stew. Like that's, is it bite sized, do you think? No, no, it's four. So like think of the, think of the three by three yeah. square, yeah. but there's only one slicer yeah. through, one slicer down. So then it's about an, an inch thick. Oh, that's pretty thick. Yeah. yeah. That's a thick cut. That's a very thick three cut. Three C's. You know, some people like it like that. We do more dicing and Kevin loves, I will say I was the first one that took some onions out of the top mm-hmm. on the container. And there was nothing nicer than grabbing all these onions and the symmetry of them yeah. all. It was beautiful. So I've cooked, which is so weird to say. I've cooked breakfast the last two mornings with those perfectly diced vegetables. Yeah. I think the breakfast tastes better. <laughs> I'm almost positive. I'm sure it does. My sure OCD, does. yeah, allows that breakfast to taste better. But you know what? I was kind of worried for you. I knew on the onions you wouldn't care, but you had a very particular, and I knew on the zucchini you wouldn't care. Yeah. It wouldn't, those two wouldn't matter. 
but you had a very particular way of slicing the red peppers. And I thought this is not going to make him happy, but you were okay. Perfect. Cause it is different. Sometimes the red, the bell peppers are a little longer, right? Who cares? Oh, okay. don't care. But you they're, cause they're care. still thin. Yeah. So you, they can break up when you cook them. Oh, good for you, Kev. Vegetable shopper. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that was going to be so much fun? Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. Have a smile on my face the entire time. Yeah. Speaking of things that aren't that smiley, Paul Sorvino died last I week. Know. And I don't, we don't need to spend too much time on Paul Sorvino. I, I combed through his catalog of TV and film. And honestly, it's the Goodfellas. So, or as Deb would call it, good guys. Good guys. It's the show. He the was guys. the mob boss on yep. Good Guys. Yeah. He's. He was the the strong, silent one who didn't say much. They were in prison. Uh, Ray Liotta, again, R.I.P. Ray Liotta, yep. was thinly slicing garlic with a razor blade to be yep. able to put in the oil and yep. the garlic dissolves. Cooking for him, wasn't he cooking yeah, for him? Yeah, because they were all in prison yep. together. And I think that role was so big for him. And he's obviously a, a large Italian man of a certain age. He just got every mafia role Ever yeah, after that. Yeah, Every yeah. overbearing, hard-ass father role after that. But, but nothing remotely compares to Goodfellas. But if you look at Paul Sorvino, mm-hmm. he looks like the friendliest guy on the planet. And I think that was that was everybody's testament to him was, yeah, yeah he looks like this. He looks like a hard-ass. He looks like he'd take you out and put some cement shoes on you and throw you in the ocean. Nicest no. human being yeah. alive. Yeah. And then only later did I find out, even though you have clearly said it to me, that he's Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino's father. Father, yep. And well, in fact, it was funny because we were watching that new uh, Jeff Lewis. Yep. It's not flipped out, whatever it's called. Designing interior design. It's on Amazon. Oh, it's on. It's Prime. Freevee. Freevio? No. Freevio. No, it's, I think it's on Prime. No, but it's on that channel. Oh, okay. That Freevee. So anyway, it's a good show. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't like Jeff Lewis because you thought he was too much, he has apparently changed and he's delightful now. Yeah, the whole okay? so if you watched Bravo's flipping out with Jeff Lewis where it's all drama and then he happens to be a beautiful interior designer, the new and improved Jeff, Jeff Lewis has zero uh drama whatsoever but is still a amazing interior designer. And he openly shares the camera with all of his peers. Yeah, all of his really, quirky peers. In all of, in a most delightful way. Totally. The houses he does are people you would know from TV. And one of the houses he did was Mira Servino. I'm going to say she might be a little bit of a hoarder. Uh, she is in her 50s now. Yep. She looks great. Still looks Kind good. of. I mean, to be fair, I remember uh, Mira Servino from what was the movie with her and Lisa Kudrow? Oh, uh, Rami and what? It, Romy? Oh, Romy and Michelle's yeah, High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who is burned into my brain. Is that yeah, Mira Sorvino? Yeah. So seeing 50-year-old Mira Sorvino is a little bit of a shock because she's 50. And I'm I'm sure in that movie she was like early yeah. 30s, late 20s. Yeah. And she definitely has a Grey Gardens vibe to her. Oh, she has a Grey Gardens vibe for sure. So she has this fabulous property in Malibu. I mean, the property is fabulous. It overlooks the water. It overlooks the water. And her house was not burned down in the Woolsey fire, but really damaged heavily. All the ash fell everywhere on her house. It ate, I mean, like the ash actually kind of erodes stuff. I mean, it kind of ate the pool, kind of ate the deck of the pool. Carcinogenic and it's hot. Exactly, exactly. So anyways, um, she had Jeff Lewis working on her house. So while we were watching this, we're we're watching and we're watching her weird little great garden idiosyncrasies too. Um, Capri. 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 She doesn't refer to Capri, Italy. No, it's Capri. Is it, it, it is Capri. She says it right. Is it Greece or Italy? It's in Italy, and it's Capri. Capri. Yeah. Because she's Italian. Because it's not Capri. Manja. Manja. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he died, and then I said it again, and you went, oh, and you really yeah. connected it. I had yeah. no idea. Which, by the way, I want to say this. If this is worth Googling, as far as I'm concerned, she won an Academy Award years ago. She was very young. Yeah. And the speech she gives is amazing. And what she says about her father will just bring you to your knees. It is one. I mean, she seems like she's been reclusive for a while, the way we saw her on Jeff Lewis. 1996 she won. But I'm telling you that she was absolutely vibrant in the speech that she gave 
well-spoken, well-articulated, one of the best Oscar speeches ever, I think. Only 29 years old. Yep, she did a great job. Uh, you know the movie she won for? I do, but I can't remember it, the name it, of it. It's a, it's a great alliteration, Mighty Aphrodite. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. it really is. I, I don't know how I ever stumbled upon it before, but I've seen that speech, yeah. and it's fantastic. It's, it's so great for, yeah. for a, a woman who would have been 29, 30 yep. at the time. Yep, and relatively unknown. I mean, seriously. Oh, for then. sure. Yeah. Um, so RIP Paul Sorvino, you, you were apparently an amazing human being. You had one of the most iconic roles of all time. You gave, well, you helped give birth to a equally amazing, now kind of great gardens esque (laughs) daughter who I guess they only ever starred in one movie together, but that must've been a blast. Yeah. I'm sure they had a great time. I can't wait for us to be in our first movie together. Oh my gosh. It's like, uh, Jane Fonda and, um, her dad, Henry Fonda. Is it Peter Fonda? No, it's her brother. Henry Fonda. Got it. Yeah. Was he in? Uh, something Golden Pond on Golden Pond. They were in together. Wasn't there another one like I a mean, motorcycle motorcycle thing? That's that's Peter Fonda. Oh, got it. So, uh, you know, they apparently had a tumultuous relationship. So getting Henry that, and her or Peter and her? Henry and her. And so getting that movie made was all because she wanted to work with her father. Got it. And so that was a big deal. Got it. Shout out. Dads and daughters. Shout out dads and daughters. The opposite of what this is. But we're going to be a mother and son. This is yeah. much easier. And our movie will be so great. Who's who's going to... So we can't play ourselves. No. But we'll be in the movie. Yeah. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to play you? And then what role do you want in our movie? Oh. Oh, the movie is about us. Yeah. I don't get Ooh. to be an actress. I don't think the movie could be about us. No, I want to be an actress. But the, there, there, can, there can be roles about uh, us as people. But the movie isn't about us. You see what I'm saying? It's not our auto. Wait, it's not our biography. I don't get to be in the movie. No, you get to be in the movie, but you're not playing yourself. Oh, you're okay. playing somebody else. But there's somebody who's going to play you in the movie. Okay. Who do you want to play you? Mm, of people I know right now. Sure. Let's see. It'd be weird to say people you don't know. You know, I mean, I'd like to take some beautiful young actress and make her play me, and then okay. have to like. Well, she she should probably play you around this time. Around no, I know around this because time. the younger you get, the younger I get in the movie too. Oh, right. so you don't want to get older? Well, it's not. Well, no, because I don't know what my life would be like older. I only know you don't thirty-eight-year-old Kev. Right. <laughs> it's going to be weird to cast Don Cheadle as twelve-year-old Kevin. Yeah. Okay. So Don um, Cheadle, she didn't get it. I did get that. <laughs> <laughs> so ignoring you, um, the first one I thought of is I mean Meryl Streep would be good. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah, Meryl Streep would be. good. I think that's what every woman would want. Yeah. Meryl Streep vibes. Well, portraying them. Meryl Streep is like when you see her interviewed, Mm -hmm. I mean, she is witty. She's clever. Yeah. She's got the most delicious sense of humor. And like, I mean, and and she and I do share a thing of like, she'll tell on herself in a heartbeat. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So I would love it to be Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. And I'll take Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock would be good. I don't know if that's going to work. I think a, a, a real slapstick. Chris Rock would be yeah, great. Yeah. Maybe a Denzel Washington. Maybe Chris Farley. Uh, he's dead. Oh, yeah. That won't work. <laughs> so unless we just want to reanimate his dead corpse, I don't think that's going to be good. Yeah. Plus, I don't really like that you pick somebody who's like 300 pounds. I know. I was just having a little fun. What about John Mayer? People say you look like him all the time. But does he act? I, well, no, is he just going to sing do the we, entire time? Do we wait? Is that is the, the ability to act? Pro- Anybody can act. Yeah. It's just whether or not you act well. Well, I mean... I feel yeah. like you'd be the worst actress in the world. I think if I had a Xanax, I'd no. be fine. Because here's the thing. When, De- when like, because obviously I lead this podcast, so Deb just kind of fills in and she's her goofy self. When you put, well, the, does, bur- when you put the burden on Deb, yeah. it, goes, it goes totally haywire. It doesn't in business. Well, because that's not anything. That's business. Well, that, there's I mean, nothing like, creative about that. I can that. get up in front of people and be amusing and that's enlightening. That's business. If I told and- you to get up in front of people and act... <laughs> Well, Nightmare. I would just say I was me then, and I would just be me. Okay, so Deb, maybe try a different role. Maybe try a little more eccentric. And she'd be like, got it. Okay, so that felt very similar to just the first character. Maybe try somebody who's got a little quirk. Maybe add yeah. a little. Okay, so again, that was very similar to the first and second things that we just did here. Maybe oh try to God. add something where you're not who you are. Maybe add an accent. And then if you get Deb into accents. <laughs> oh my God. It'll it's all the so same bad. accent. It's all the same accent. Give us a give us an Irish accent. An accent. Just give us a quick Irish accent. I can't. Your character in the movie has an Irish accent and a limp. Give us an oh, Irish no. accent. 
Like, uh, let mm-hmm. me see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you get in there. Yeah. You, you have to have a trigger uh, word. What's your trigger word? Okay. So I'd say, uh, mm-hmm. go, going down the wee path with old Danny boy. That was great. Was that good? Deb, that was so much better <laughs> than I ever thought it was going to be. <laughs> You've got to find those words like we, mm-hmm. the we path, and then Danny boy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They call those trigger words. The things that you can get that yeah. accent on and then kind of carry it through. But also, too, it isn't just the accent. I think what it is is putting like literally, I mean, the accent of enthusiasm or something yeah. to hide the accent you're not doing. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I think. So there you go. I didn't do terrible. And that was Deb's acting master class. <laughs> Sign up for the 10 volume mask. series. French will be much later. Okay. Much, much, much later. Much later. Not much on the internet surprises me anymore. I've seen, I feel like every video and every iteration of every video, and I've seen every photo, and I've seen things that have gone viral, I've seen the obscure. Yesterday, I saw a tweet linked to what would just be street cam footage in Brazil. Yep. And the headline essentially said this on on the tweet, and I sent this tweet to you so you've seen it too. It says, After the Brazilian government permitted the killing of motorcycle riders who rob and kill citizens in order to put an end to this menace, this is what the citizens there are doing. When law enforcement doesn't do their jobs, citizens will. Okay, So it makes you believe that the Brazilian government has mandated that we do not have enough police officers, we do not have enough people to put on every street corner throughout All of Brazil. All of Brazil. And because Brazil is always in some form of economic turmoil, what people have started doing is tandem riding motorcycles and literally holding up people on the side of the street or in cars themselves. They just put guns in their faces, demand their wallets, demand their purses, and then they ride off. So they're just, I mean, they literally are highway robbers. I mean, that's what's going on. Totally. And it is well orchestrated and they kind of come out of nowhere. Well, sure. They're on these like... I don't even think they're motorcycles. I think they're dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. And they they zip down, they put a gun out, and- It's done. You, you just give your stuff over. Yeah. These videos show what happens when vigilante justice takes place, yeah. and the drivers or the spectators say, mm we're not going to do that anymore. Shocking. I don't know what anybody else's- level of uncomfortableness is I, I can watch most things. Yeah. I was floored. There's the, 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 the tweet had, I think five or six videos. I think it was five. People are getting straight up run over. Like cars are pulling out, turning, running people over, smashing them against the sidewalk. People are shooting back at these motorcyclists. I mean, shooting them in the face. Point blank. Yeah. There are cars coming out of nowhere who are in no way involved with what's happening, waiting for the robbery to take place, and then at 60 miles an hour, running straight into the robbers. It looks like it's Body straight swine. out of Grand Theft Auto. It does. It's, there's, there's one, I think it's the last video. These, if, you, if you Google it, literally, there's nothing bloody or gory. No. Because they're street cameras. But watch them all because the best ones are last. Best is a well, you know what I mean. Yeah, a, a liberal term. <laughs> There's the last video. These guys pull up on I think four or five people walking. They clearly point guns in their face. They get off the motorcycle, take all their stuff. They get back on the motorcycle as they're just like situating themselves out of nowhere. This car comes flying. I mean, flying down the street, definitely over the speed limit. Hits the back of them. Both riders go up in the air. I want to say do like. 360 720s land lifeless yeah. in the street. And the video before that is kind of the same thing. These 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 guys roll up on, on people who are walking. Out of nowhere, a car comes careening into them. Bodies fly up in the air. The guy lands, tries to pick himself back up, sit like stands on his feet, and his leg just crumbles beneath him as it is snapped at his shin bone. And, and then you see him hopping on yeah. one leg while his other leg swings. Dangling. Like it swings in the wrong direction. Now, what have we learned? Uh, apparently, the title of that tweet is entirely wrong, meaning yeah. that the Brazilian government has not put justice in the hands of its citizens. It says outright, we do not condone this. This has never been permitted. What we are seeing now is the citizens, though, taking it 
upon themselves to help one another through this clear pandemic of crime. Yeah. So I did text my friend in Brazil and I sent it to him and I said, is this true? And he went, absolutely not completely fake news. But I will tell you, it is an example because in some of these cases, like you said, you know, the person that actually did the hitting of the motorcycles wasn't even involved. Nope. I mean, they just saw something and went after it, right? As if they were the cops. I mean, that's kind of what happened. But it's like, People have had enough. So there were a couple of comments that I want to read to you that were pretty funny. Um, they were pretty funny? Well, you know, maybe inappropriate. I, but I will say this. Usually I'm the one who, who's able to make a joke at anybody's expense. It's tough to watch, but then you realize like, no, these people were sticking guns in innocent people's faces. No. And you could say it was immediate <laughs> okay. karma. So listen, this is uh, Trogder for the night. Okay, so we just know by his Excuse handle. Excuse me? Trogdor oh, that's the account the name. Yeah. Got it. Sounds like an awesome human being. Man, look how good this is. The thieves have no clue who is going to get them. The people are not burdened with the prison system, and road ragers have an outlet. All wins. Everybody wins. I don't know. Well, well except for the motorcycle right, except guys. The, okay? the guys who are now dead. And then the then final sandwich 9-11 says, slaughtering highwaymen has always been a natural part of society. We got comfy. Time to go back to reality. Has it been a natural part of? I mean, are we talking about the thirteen? Whose society? The highway, the British, of course. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, back to. But the that British. was more like yeah. just taking over countries and colonizing exactly. innocent people. Exactly. It wasn't us. It, it it is. All of us have been desensitized because of the internet, yeah. for sure. It was one of the first times in a very, very, very long time that I was aghast yeah. at watching these videos. If you got a weak stomach, don't watch the videos. Yeah. If you're interested to see what it looks like if Grand Theft Auto plays out in real life, watch those videos. But it's insane. I want to. There's no blood and gore. No, it's not specific. No, the worst thing is that. knowing that the guy broke his leg, right? Well, actually, the worst thing is seeing the guy get shot kind of in the face. And but even then, he just falls backwards. He just falls. You see a muzzle flash and he falls backwards. So here's the thing to note: I played that one twice mm-hmm. because I was like, the fall intrigued me. Like when you really get shot. You don't crumple to the ground. You just go straight yeah. back. Thank God he had on a motorcycle helmet. Like, have you ever seen an athlete when they when they get knocked out? Their their arms kind of go straight. Their body tenses, and they just like literally fall like a tree. Like That's pretty much face. all that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Except you see the muzzle flash, and then you're like, oh, yeah. And did you see the dead. guy came back and checked on him, and then just took off? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I can't help you. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Billy, <laughs> Billy, are you? I see a lot of blood coming out of that hole in your face. <laughs> Are you good? I, is it just your? Is it just your helmet? Is it your face guard? Is it okay? Can you walk it off? It was bad. Bad, bad. Yeah. Not. I mean, it's just. I'm not on the side of the of the men who are doing this. Clearly, and maybe there's women. I, I want to yeah. be an equal equal um, uh, crime. Yeah. S- skeptic. Oh, I'm sure women were involved. But when you. <laughs> Just seeing a human body go flying like that or get shot like that or have a leg collapse like that. But I, I, here's the thing, like crazy. I don't think I really, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist all day long. Are you? But I don't think that I have a lot of vigilante stuff in me, though I think we're all capable of that, depending on what happens to whom. Do you correct? think if you saw that happen here and you decide like, okay, I'm watching this elderly couple get guns shoved in their face. I have a clear shot at these two people at a motorcycle. Mm. Do you think if you went ahead and hit them at the velocity that some of these other people have hit these motorcycle thieves, what do you think you get charged with? Well, here's the thing. I think if I saw somebody doing that to an older couple, yeah. you know, I, I don't think robbery equals murder. Okay. Fair. So I do think I'd be kind of rational about that. Like I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I do think it's really hard. Now, I don't know if most of these guys are armed. It didn't look like they were. Most of the motorcycle people didn't. I mean, did you see guns? They must have uh, I, I had guns. Th- they for sure had guns. But we never saw them fire a gun. Well, well, I never saw all... a gun fired, but I certainly saw what it looked like an arm stretched out, which would I would assume there's a gun mm, at the end yeah. of it. Um, so, I mean, I do think there comes a point where you're just – the reason you react like that is because your tolerance. And I mean, like that you just literally go, okay, I, I've got, I can stop this one. I will. But 
listen, I'm not going to go to jail for that. Even for the old people, I'm not going to go to jail for that. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it's one of these, it's, I'm going to say it's a good, this is a good conversation because it, it actually isn't political. I mean, if that kind of, cause that kind of stuff is happening with in Mexico with the cartels, right? Like when is it okay to rise up? I mean, people are going to say anytime that happens, but it's also illegal. Right. For and sure. So, I mean, I think there's a great conversation to be had in all of that. Vigilante justice and when it's okay and when it's not. When you read about the level of crime in Brazil and what these people are doing, and then you watch these videos, you're kind of cheering for the cars. Oh, for sure. Oh, f- oh for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. don't, don't get it twisted. I'm like not sympathetic to what they, like you decided to play a dangerous game. You started yeah. to roll up to cars with your own guns hoping they themselves didn't have guns, right? Yeah. One of you, they had a gun and it went really sour. But what you also signed up for is other innocent people who have pride and want to hold on to the societal norms, taking it upon themselves to help their fellow man out because you have gone so far out of whack that you think the best thing to do is take from other people in a very hostile way. I, I, I don't sympathize with the thieves, it's just abrasive to see. It is. And, and it is. If you watch it a couple of times, you get this thing like, oh, that car was in its right. Right. Then the next you go, mm, I think he was just kind of looking for an opportunity to run over somebody. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Had a bad day. Yeah, I had a bad day. That's a motorcycle. He hasn't done anything yet, but I'm going to hit him. Right. Sure. So, I mean, it, there really is, even amongst the vigilantes, you know, like a real cat and mouse like who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Kind there, of thing going on. There's one video where they're they're off the bike, and there's a car that comes up, and the, and the guy is looking at the car, and he goes to sidestep, but I think he just gets lost in it, and he stands there and just takes the car head on. It's wild. It wild. Is wild. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Stuff. I just told you the car that I want to be is the one that's going really fast that hits them minimum damage to my car so that I can keep, yeah. and you just it on keep on rolling. There. Yep. But the car that got stuck over the body in the bike, yeah. that was, they're there forever. You're picking out guts. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're picking out guts and you're under, you're washing the undercarriage of yeah, that thing. That's bad. One of the other things that kind of took the internet over yesterday was Dane Cook got engaged. 50 mm. year old Dane Cook, one of the most, I don't know, prolific comedians of my youth, meaning I would say between like the years of 2002 to 2005, 2006, it was like Dane Cook. Yeah. It was the Dane Cook show. He was one of the first real creative types to leverage social media for his own gain. And we're not talking about Facebook. We're not talking about Instagram. He was all over MySpace. Ah. He used MySpace as a way to cultivate a following and I would, I would honestly say for the better part of four or five years, it was just Dane Cook and Dane Cook only. Headlining worldwide, selling out Madison Square Garden, Staples Center. Like, it was Dane Cook's world. He made well over nine figures during that time for a comedian. And he was the guy. He was in every movie. Felt like he was in a ton of TV shows. It was the Dane Cook show for like four or five years. It was also incredibly outrageous. What? I mean, he was outrageous. In what way? Don't you think he was? No. Don't you think his comedy was? I I would say uh, Richard Pryor was more outrageous than Dane Cook. Dane Cook was just loud. I don't think Dane Cook really ever said anything like inflammatory. You don't think he was kind of misogynist? I think every comedian was misogynist 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. He was a white guy. Yeah. I think that was par for the course. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that was unique to him. Yeah. Even a little bit. I, I remember not being a fan of Dane Cook. I just remember that he had a bit about it being weird to go to church and to eat the body of Christ and that happened in the mornings and that if the Catholic church ever wanted to become, you know, trillion dollars richer, they would just create a cereal called Christ checks. And he had a slogan that said, start your day the holy way with Christ checks. And I thought that was That's pretty clever. So Dane no, Cook, offense to, no offense to anybody. I'm just saying that yeah, was, a, that, yeah. that's just a joke that hey, Dane you Cook know what? told. Clever is clever. Yep. Yep. Also, do you remember that Dane Cook's brother embezzled like $12 million from him? Oh, I don't know that. No. Yeah. So uh, I watched an interview with Dane Cook and he said, one of the guys interviewing him asked, how do you not see $12 million yeah. go out the door? To which Dane Cook said, in kind of a boss move, he goes, you have no idea how much money I was making. 
he could have taken $50 million from me and I would have never known. Wow. Nice problem to have, right? your brother. But it's your brother, which makes it 10 times worse. I also think, I don't think he ever filed bankruptcy, but I think he had so much money going out that that $12 million was substantial. Plus you look at his career now and it's not like there's a, a comeback for Dane Cook. Didn't something happen? What happened? Was there an incident? He got accused by a bunch of comedians of stealing jokes. Oh, okay. And I mean, that's an entirely different topic itself, meaning like there's a thousand different ways to talk about one subject. Mm -hmm. And if you have an infinite amount of people trying to tell a joke about a certain subject, there's going to be total overlap. Right. Right. And Louis C.K., who is now canceled, did this great bit um, on his show, Louis, with Dane Cook. And it was... Essentially, Louis C.K. saying, I think you're, you were just so big. Your, your essence was so huge. And you were just this vacuum soaking everything up that you couldn't help but not realize you were sucking up other people's mm-hmm. material as mm-hmm. well, which is super fair. Because I've said on this podcast before, when I was doing stand-up comedy, I stopped watching stand-up comedians because yeah. I was in sheer terror that just by osmosis, I was going to steal somebody's thing. And I think- And was, so what Louis was saying was, what Louis C.K. was saying was, there wasn't intention on right. it, but you were just such a powerhouse right. that it you kind of took it all without really giving yeah. consciousness to it. You were touring all the time. You saw thousands of other comedians. You were so in the game. You were watching other people trying to hone your thing. And while there was never any malice associated with it, if you're that entrenched in something and you're not rewriting your stuff every single year like a comedian like Louie would do, it's bound to happen. And because your spotlight is so huge, the only way to go is down from there. Yeah. So so that's kind of what happened. But the reason we're talking about Dan Cook is not just because I'm reliving my childhood. It's because he got engaged. And he got engaged to his longtime girlfriend of five years, Kelsey Taylor. Kelsey, Kelsey Taylor, name. originally from Nevada. Some rumors say she's from Reno, Nevada. Oh, wow. Who knew? Who knew? Where it gets They've a been li- together for five years. Yes. Okay. Where it gets a little wonky. Okay. Is that she's 23. So the second she was 18, he so, started dating her. The way he describes it is, I met her over a night of board games when she was 17 and we were oh. just good friends until her birthday. And then we started dating when she was 18, which like yeah. for older guys yeah. who are into younger women, much, much younger women, yeah. that is the oldest trick in the book, right? right? Because like now it's up to the masses or law enforcement to prove it's, to not, prove true. it's not yeah. true. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, so, so you were 45, yep, 44 was, when you met her. Yep. She was 17. Yeah. Which, okay, banana so land. Th- that is banana land. I am 38 so, and I've interacted with like 15, 16, 17 year olds just because of the job I have all above board, all yeah. in the mixed company. They're children. They're children. Full blown children. Well, remember the girl, and I don't remember her name, and she married Doug somebody. Yeah. You know, what's her name, like Stratton or something? Ooh, I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it while you, while okay, you talk Doug about it. Okay, Doug Guy is a, like yeah. a B actor. And it was like 16. Her parents had to sign to give her permission to marry this older guy. Yeah. It went so wrong. I mean, yeah. she was, I mean, literally, she was taken advantage of. She was robbed. I mean, not robbed, robbed of so much. Well, she was robbed of her youth. She was robbed of her youth. Um, I mean, she's... Like she's a proverbial joke. Do you know what I mean? Right. In everything now. Because everybody thought she was like 16 and getting plastic surgery and, and boob even implants. And 30 yet. And I then, mean, she w- w- then she turned 18 and then she started getting all that stuff too. Yeah. It was I mean, very it bizarre. It was just, it was like the saddest thing in the world. I mean, I'm glad that he didn't marry this girl at that age. At least they've been together five years. So they have some experience. She's 23. I still think that's an enormous age difference. Yeah. Um, my, 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 uh, I'm curious because there's not a lot about her. She's clearly not the celebrity in the yeah. relationship. So I don't know that there's even a ton known about her in, in the public eye. But if you started dating when she was 18, she, she moved out to California from like, I don't know, from, I think she went to Nevada to Massachusetts to California. Okay. Yeah. 
Whether or not she went to school, I have no idea. Whether or not she was trying to use Dane, what was left of Dane Cook's clout to yeah. be famous, I have no idea. But if you're, t- but if uh, my assumption is she probably didn't have a formal education, so she didn't yeah. go to college, and that's just an assumption, right? Yeah. Even if she did that, she still doesn't have much worldly experience right. at 23, and even less so if she did go to college, yeah. right? And I'm not saying that they're not perfect together. I'm just saying as somebody who is older, who has dated younger, it it's a stretch with every year that ticks off on my age. Yeah. I can't fathom. I cannot fathom being 27 years older than somebody and dating them. Yeah, that is huge. That is enormous. And then, I mean, the thing that I think about is like, well, I mean, whether they, I mean, she's just got a plan on him dying and hopefully you know, she can get at least 12 million out of him right. because he don't, he won't even know she's taken that. Right. And then she goes on and raised the children by herself with her new husband that she really, you know, wanted in the first place. Yeah. It's, it was, I mean, Twitter went crazy with responses. Like a lot of people saying, well, you know, when Dane Cook announces his engagement and they say with long-term girlfriend, this is what I think. And it's, uh, who are the two actors from law and order SVU? Oh, uh, Mariska Hargitay and what's his name? Um, I want to say Sadler, but that's not, is that his? Oh, Elliot, Elliot 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 Stabler. Stabler. (laughs) That's, I know his real name. That's the character's name. The character's name. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the Twitter sphere went haywire with it when it's like, so she's 23 and she's your long-term girlfriend. Define Define long-term. Well, when you started, when you were 17, she, I mean, she definitely is. Well, no, 18, Deb. They they were just friends when she was 17. But they knew each other. There's lots of 44-year-old men who are simply platonic friends with 17-year-olds. Here's what I want to say. Mostly because it's their daughter's friends. Yeah, there you go. I mean, here's what I will say, though. Much better that he's known her for five years. I mean, that is in the win column, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Um, that he didn't meet her last week in Mary. Right. You know? And, and she found him clearly at a time where he, his star was no longer bright. Right, right. It was fledgling, if anything. Yeah, but he still has money, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this royalty is getting paid out on everything. Yeah. I mean, I think he just lost a huge chunks of it over time, but I, I don't think Dan Cook would ever say, feel bad for me. Yeah, yeah. The bank account's still full, and I'm about to marry a Pretty hot 23-year-old. Yeah. So, I mean, super exciting for Dane. Congratulations. Congratulations, <laughs> Dane. All of us. Yeah, Kelsey, a little worried about you, hon. But other than that, I'm good. Oh, Kelsey's plan is just to outlive him. Dane Cook yeah. has never really looked particularly healthy. He looks even less healthier now. Yeah. And when you lose $12 million, I think there's a level of stress and anxiety that just exists in your body for forever. So, I mean, let's say he's got like 10, 15 more years. Who cares? Yeah. She's good to go. Well, if he's got 30, she's in trouble. She's given up good years. One of the things that just happened on my uh, text thread is, and we haven't talked about this a lot, is one of my buddies who is married yes. and has kids. Yeah. They share their like preschool stuff that happens for their children. Is right? it hysterical? It's not hysterical, but to me it's funny because yeah. it's kids, totally innocent, yeah. being instructed by teachers to participate in something that they don't know. So are these like proud papas or they're- th- No, no. It's to make fun of oh, okay, the good, kids, good, right? Good, good, good. They're making fun of their own children. Yeah. So I think his daughter is like in kindergarten. Okay. And so the teachers do like prompts and there's a picture. Prompts? Prompts. Oh, prompts. Prompts. Yep. There's a picture of a zebra. Okay. Normal picture you yeah. find on the internet. And it says, guess how many stripes? Oh, that's And so a good her question. class is nine people large. Okay. We have Emily C. and Calvin. They both come in at 100. And oh, that, 100. That might be actually pretty close for I a mean, zebra. Because there's stripes all the way down the little legs, yep. right? And then it's a cliff oh, okay. of drop-off. Yep. We have Lillian with 13. Oh, 13. That's we have an interesting number. Carter with eight. Ooh. Maddie thinks of all the stripes, only five. Only five. Then we have, I want to say Venna or Vienna, minus the I, and Emily P tied with four a pop. Four. Yep. And then there's Charlie, our good friend Char. <laughs> Big old Chuckles, as we call him. Chuck doesn't want to play the game. Chuck says one. So maybe Chuck thinks it is, well, there's black and white, right. so there's two. We know okay. there's a minimum of two, even yeah. if you think it's a continuous stripe. Even if you stripe. think it's a ribbon, yeah. Charlie says, F this game. I'm not playing. I don't want to play this BS one. So, 
Who is your friend? Oh, uh, I'm not going to say it. No, no, no. I'm not asking for your friend. What is your friend's child's guess? Oh, 13. Oh, okay. That that seems like a reasonable guess for a little kid. I so a hundred is excessive. I but I think a hundred's spot on. If Do, everybody pull up can a, you Google a it? picture of a zebra. Okay, I'm okay? looking at a zebra right pull now. Pull up a picture of a zebra, and in your head you're going to think, yeah, a hundred seems excessive, but then look at how small the stripes get on the face, on the legs. Look at the, how the stripes go around the neck. I think a hundred might be a little bit under. You might be right. Right? If we go Well, there is here's the thing. Here's why Charlie got it wrong. Because there's it more have been than two. Yeah. Right. But Charlie might have thought that those stripes started at the nose mm-hmm. and then just wound. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And wound everywhere. And that's what's hard to tell on a zebra. Did they wind around? Because they don't go down. But they it's go the same around. it's kind of the same thing. Is a zebra black with white stripes or is a zebra white with black that's stripes? That's the best question of all. What is it? It's black with white stripes. Interesting. I I think the answer is like, I think there is an actual answer. The internet is not working, so I have no idea. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah. Here? I just tried to Google zebra and yeah. nothing happened. There's no, there's no internet. I think you have to get off the Wi-Fi if you want an actual oh, okay. source. I think a zebra is actually black. Is I mean, oh, there's a real answer to that, Kev? I think so. Yeah, I think, is, uh, I think it's a zebra. I said is, black. Yeah. Yeah. Zebras are black with white stripes. Confirmed by Greg Barsh, MD, PhD at the Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology. Thank you, Dr. Greg. And his definitive answer is zebras are black with white stripes. Do you know who's never going to have an MD or a PhD? You? Charlie. Charlie, for sure. Chardog? Yeah. The world needs ditch diggers you know, too, bud. When a little kid comes home with the answers one, because yeah. there's not a wrong answer. Yeah. Except when it's one. Does the parent just say, God, we should have another one? No. You know what? Like if you came We can home, do better the second time around. <laughs> if you Listen, when you came home with stuff like that, mm-hmm. to me, that stuff was gold. I mean, that was just gold. Like gotta, that, that would be the stuff. A papers, I don't care about. Math right. problems. These parents that kept all that stuff. No. If you would have been Charlie and guessed one, to me, that is gold. And I get to put it in your face for the rest of your life because it's so amusing to me. My idiot child yep. came back. Yeah. And now, because he's totally unaware of what I'm yep. about to do, I'm going to make jokes about him yep. at his expense yes. to all of our friends and family. Of course. Because of course. what you do is, under the guides of like, I'm going to share this with Auntie so-and-so or Uncle Billy mm-hmm. or Grandma and Grandpa, you just send it and you're like, well, we might not have a road Scholar. <laughs> You do. The little Why not have a road scholar on our hands? And then every time Charlie does something that's very Charlie, mm-hmm. you go, oh, yeah. How many stripes on a zebra? I mean, yeah. everybody just says it to each other under their breath, right? Charlie's going to Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's going to Charlie. That's exactly right. Yeah. Not having the internet has been a bit of a bear for this podcast today. We've been, we ha- we've been get- I've been so, winging a lot of it. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. We like to say, yeah, the podcast, I mean, you and I. We like to say that when we say things, we're right. We're right. Prove us wrong, Prove especially us wrong. when the internet's down. Exactly. Now, are we accurate? Did we do a lot of research? Hmm. Never said we did. Never said we Never did. said we would either. Never said we didn't either. Do you know what I mean? So, but when the internet's down, mm-hmm. what a help it is to us. Except for other people whose internet is up. Yeah, and then they're looking up stuff as we're speaking. That's bad. That's bad for us. Well, it's not It's not that it's bad for us because it could be unintentionally hilarious, yeah. right? It could be great that we are saying things that are emphatically false. But here's the kicker. We say that even when we have the internet. Yeah. We say things wrong all the time and the internet is moving and grooving. Yeah. Well, like literally it did not occur to me. I'm going to say until after I had your article for maybe three hours, mm-hmm. the Brazilian thing, yeah. it did not occur to me. To say, is this true? So the only and then reason it took three hours for me to, and then I just went straight to my friend in Brazil. Yep. Is this true? Absolutely not. Fake news. Thank you very much. Confirmed. I w- could, there was every possibility yeah. that I could have sat down here and just talked about it like it was fact. The only reason I figured out it wasn't real is because when I Googled it, it said emphatically, this is not the stance of the Brazilian government, which of course it's not. 
what government is telling yeah. its own people to police themselves him. by murdering people, yeah, right? Run over them with a car. Like, yeah, we ran over these people with the motorcycle. Where were the guns? Oh, other people took the guns and it just so happened that we killed them. Wait a minute. Is this your neighbor? And didn't you already make a noise complaint <laughs> well, about them? And all I could think of, it's Brazil. Now, the, the streets we saw looked like yeah. unintentional uh, Unintentional racism happening over here. We're like, oh, no, it's Brazil. They definitely kill each other. No, no, no. What I'm saying, no, my point being is these were all looked like they were later in the eve, like at night. It, they looked dark. Yeah. Um, and there was not a lot of traffic around, which also makes me think it was later in the night. But all I could think of is, isn't Brazil one of those countries where there's lots of motorcycles? Yeah. I mean, are we really going to go after all the motorcycle people? Because I think there's a good majority of them. Well, we're not going after all the motorcycle people. We're going after all the motorcycle thieves. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kev, you know what I'm feeling good about right now? What's that? So, I know you didn't meet him, but I hired a guy today to work on oh, our backyard. Deb's going rogue with the topic. Got it. Yeah. We have a landscaper coming in. Yeah. What's his name? Tito. Tito Fuentes. <laughs> Tito Fuentes. Kev. So Tito's a big guy. Give me a Tito accent. Uh, he didn't, he just laughed. Tito didn't really talk that much. No, I mean, he did, let's see. He did say when they said, when uh, I said, when do you think you can get started? And he went, mm, two to four weeks. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't want to be working in the heat. I don't blame Tito. Well, no, I think he's booked. Oh, good uh, for Tito. He was, he was recommended by our fellow across the street who is a very well-respected landscaper. And, um, Which who knew that could even be a thing? Who knew that could be a thing, but it is. And uh, so the guy across the street said, tried to like unentangle himself from the introduction yeah. and said, so Deb, Tito, like you two? And he goes, Tito, your special pricing, do you know I mean? was like, you know. Yeah. Oh, special pricing. But I'm love out to of hear it. that. I'm yeah. out of it. Do you know what I mean? And I said, but Tito is big. I mean, Tito's. Give big. us a, give us a height weight. Well, Tito's a little taller than me, I think. And I'm going to say, okay, he has a little bit of a belly for sure. So we'll say like five, 11, six feet. Five, 11. Okay. Um, I think really nice looking, great smile. Oh, we love a good smile. Yeah. Mustache, I think. Um, kind was of a, it, was it? Curled at the end? No, Panama, no wax. Panama hat. Got it. Um, Ooh, Panama hat. Yeah. Was he dressed up? Shirt. Nope. Long sleeve shirt, okay. like to work, you know. Um, but he looks like he could beat you to a pulp. I mean, that's the, what Tito... Me or the universal you? The, the universal you. Tito's Listen, big. Uh, Tito and I are going to backyard wrestle now. So the landscaper across the street is not big. No. And so what I said, Tito, we're going to get along just fine. But here's what you need to know. If you do something that I don't like, I'm going straight across the street and punching this guy out. Oh, yeah. And the guy from across the street. Deb's final resort is always violence. It's always violence. And I have to take I have to go after the one that I think I stand the best chance of taking. Gotta do it. And I can take him. Yeah. First don't you think I could? So in two to four weeks, yeah. depending on how things are going, yeah. Deb is going to run over somebody with a motorcycle who could happens happen. to be our renowned landscaper who lives across yep, the street. Yeah. And she's going to say, Brazil made me do it. And Tito. And Tito. And Tito. So I think there's, I feel like there's going to be some good content from Tito. From I Tito? really do. How I long really do you think do. it's going to take? Because so, we have like a, a whole laundry list of things yeah. that need to happen back there. How long do you think it's going to take Tito and the Fuentes to finish it all up? I think Tito is going to, well, it depends because, you know, they always come in strong in the beginning and oh, then yeah. you never know. Wheel, right? It, kind of, it and then, tapers off. Yeah, we could be like in October still doing this. That's okay. Um, but they do have to do a, they're doing a, um, what's it called, Kevin, when they do those? French drain. Dry, well, they're doing a French drain with a dry creek bed on oh, the cool. side over here. And then, so they've got to do some work like that. And then we're getting rid of some of the grass. Okay. We said just enough for dogs, maybe replacing the grass, recurbing that, cutting down tons of stuff. Like uh, the landscaper was going, well, maybe we can keep the muco pines. And I looked at Tito and went, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to get rid of all that stuff. No gracias, Tito. No, Tito, get rid of it, make yeah. yourself some money and plant me something new. The backyard in and of itself is beautiful. It's just been the exact same for yeah. 25 years. And and, and we, we don't really, spend enough time back there. Yeah. We have this um, man-made pond, and I, by pond I mean like four by four, yeah. that now just holds water, oh, it's which bad. mosquitoes breed in. Yeah. And if we get rid of that thing, 
I don't think we'll ever see a mosquito for the rest of our lives in Northern oh, Nevada. No, no, no. Uh, we are the contributors yep. of, yeah. And I, I'm also convinced that uh, many critters come in our backyard at night because of that too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The chipmunks so, alone. I think, um, I think it's going to be nice. I'm, I, I feel like Tito looks like a trustworthy guy, so we'll see. But either way. And if the podcast stops for some reason, you read about two of the world's most famous podcasters being murdered. Tito wasn't that nice. Tito wasn't. He was really smiley and had a good looking face, but who knew? Who knew? And now that we've talked about murderous landscapers, that's going to do it for this episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast and you can follow us. And maybe you can even see a photo of Tito at some point on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev pod.